Anyway, we're going to do another one on fitness, and it's all about choice. And Cindy is the facilitator. So, Cindy, go ahead and introduce your panel. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I'm excited because I get to share the special people, and they both have their own personal fitness journey. And I know they've spoken with each other. So I'm going to just say I am delighted to have Tim McCorkle from, of course, Washington, who uh, is very active in Ski for Light or Ski, ski for Light or Ski for All. Sorry. Ski for, ski for all? Light. Ski for Light. I was right. Ski Orlando, Florida, uh, ACB's. Uh, ACB president's wife, um, and also one of my dearest friends. He is a trainer. And so I'm going to turn it over to the two of you, and you guys do your thing and <laughs> get us all. Uh, you know, ACB's got a new campaign called Get Up. I think uh, they're going to get us uh, excited moving. I'll start off. Uh, this is Tim McCorkle. Go ahead, Tim. Yep. Hello, Leslie. Hi, uh, Tim. <laughs> great to hear your voice, Cindy. Haven't heard it for quite Hi. some time. And, uh, Good uh, to hear you too, Tim. And uh, well, hello, WCB and everybody else on the convention across the, across the world. It's uh, my pleasure to be on the panel today. And uh, I, I like the, 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 the name. You know, the art, my fitness journey, and it it really isn't one thing. It, it doesn't stop up, or you're forced to give it up. And and I pretty much have decided that I don't really want to give it up. Well, I I grew up in Alaska, as a, and I, I had a time, and and I was encouraged by mom, my mom, and my dad. It wasn't raining in Juneau, and it rains a lot there. But when it wasn't raining, it was get outside because you don't know when it's going to start raining again. A lot of time, especially, well, throughout the year, outside playing and playing with my friends. And um, I learned to ski when I was a young, uh, young person. And um, just that feeling of, of moving and being active and, and perspiring that, and and exploring it was something that uh, became a part of my life at a very early age. And as my, I have retinitis pigmentosa, and as my vision deteriorated over the years, um, I did start having to give up some of the sports that I dearly love, like playing baseball after a couple of mishaps with being hit in the face with a ball and running into people on the base paths. It's kind of like, well, I'm more dangerous to myself and them, then, then uh, this is worth. But I, I still kept trying to find ways to still be active. And so I gave up a lot of the team sports or the stick and ball sports, but I did pick up running, which I could do with, well, being mostly safe. And the same with bicycling and, and, and I also would hike with my friends but the thing of it was, was it was just trying to 
be in a state or, or a state of fitness that I could take part in activities with my friends when the opportunity presented itself. And that conti has continued through, through today. But uh, as I got older and lost more of my vision, I, was, I had to be more creative. So when I could no longer ride my bicycle, I, I you know, got an indoor trainer or a bike. My, I took my bike and bought one of the a fluid trainer and, and put it on that. And I would ride hour after hour to nowhere. So I'd like to just, you know, I, that was before Peloton. So I now have a wall of DVDs that uh, I can still pull down and, and ride the bike and pedal to nowhere. But it's, it's still a challenge to, to find a way to make that exercise meaning, meaningful. And, and I have to convince myself a lot of times that this is, there's a point to all this. And the point I think still remains is, it, it, first of all, I'm healthier than I might be. Um, there is some heart disease on my dad's side of the family that, and there's also some weight related illnesses that I really would rather not have to confront if I have any way to prevent that. And one of it is to say, okay, let's go down and get on the bike and do a little bit of work. And maybe that'll help 10 years from now. I don't know, but that's what I tell myself. <laughs> and then I, I kind of fast forward. I did for a good part of time in my thirties and forties, I didn't, I wasn't as active as I'd like. That was when I lost pretty much all of my vision. I'm now totally blind. Um, and I didn't ski for about 15 years, but, uh, 10 years ago in 2011, my father had passed away and I, I started feeling sorry for myself at, you know, the months after he had, he had died and, and I got really out of shape and, and I kind of had one day had a, a little talk with myself and I'm like, I don't think you're, you know, I told myself, so dad wouldn't like if you gave up your dreams and you just kind of wasted away because you're feeling sorry for yourself. And then I, that's, skiing because I used to love skiing as a child and as a young adult and and it gave me such pleasure to be on ski in the mountains in the winter that I was like well, if I could find a way to do that again maybe I could find a way to have a more purpose in my life to find an outlet for all this energy and uh, frustration I had and so I got on the internet and I just uh, Googled uh, cross-country skiing and blind. And, and I, I, the first thing that popped up was Ski for Light. And uh, I went to my first NAS 2012, the winter of 2012, and I was hooked. It was uh, being on snow was, once I got used to it again was exact, exactly the same as I had felt younger person and, and could see but uh in this time it was a shared experience and so i was able to ski with a guide and uh, i've been that's been the fuel for my fitness journey for the last 10 years and what i do to stay fit between ski seasons is now i have i still have my old bike it's 13 year old bike on a 20 year old trainer and i still ride it to nowhere um i do also have 
ergometer from Concept2, which is a ski, ski. So I do a lot of skiing to nowhere, too. But it all that gets me to a point where when the snow flies and when I have a guide available, I can go up to the mountains and be ready and ski and explore. And, and the, I think the point for me of being fit and being in shape is that I get the world beyond just my house. I get to go to be in nature, which I think is so rejuvenating. And I get to be with people that have that same sort of enthusiasm for exploration, for finding out what's around the next corner, next turn in the trail. And I can't experience that if I'm not in shape or if I'm not in the fitness of take advantage of the opportunity I have to, to explore like that. And I also, <coughs> um, so throughout this past 10 years, I, I've been able to and and in let's just put the way at our 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 event that we're having in the, this coming February our national event blind visually impaired people with the age ranging in age of 24 to 100 so I'm thinking if I have a lot of life left to, to, to left for skiing so again the purpose for me for being you know, go to many more, meet more people and have create more stories that I can use to fuel uh, my imagination and to share with others so that they can one of their explorations and their adventures and where they're. Um, so that's just pretty much uh, what I have to say on fitness. And so I'll turn it over to Leslie. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Cindy, for having me um, talk about fitness. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we hear you fine. Good. Okay, good. So so my fitness journey is, is so, so unique. Um, like Tim's, you know, fitness, fitness is in my blood. I love to um, before I moved to Orlando, Florida and met Dan. I worked out a lot in Las Vegas and always wanted to be an instructor and a personal trainer. Kind of was um, hesitant about it because of my vision. I had I have retinitis pigmentosa also, like Tim. And <clears throat> with RP, it's so unique because you can see for a while and then you can't see, and then all of a sudden you're, you're all these these uh, dilemmas in life. You know, it's it's wonderful you that you, you can see, and then all of a sudden it's not, you can't see. So fitness is always normal. Um, you know, you're, you're working out and it's great. The endorphins kick in and feeling to me, um, you know, in life. So but when I met Dan, I told Dan, I said, I love to work out. I always wanted to work out. Um, again, just teaching. I never knew any visually impaired people at the time, you know, I was in the, were like, I'm not blind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just have low vision. So, um, you know, it was kind of in denial about that for a long time and just work added friends, um, for many years. And then when I moved to Florida, I told Dan, I said, let's, I would really like to teach. And he says, well, what's the worst that's going, you know, don't try it. 
you know, you just, you just don't do it. But if you do, then it experience for you. So um, I went to a training here in Oviedo, Florida. It was a three-day training. And I walked in and they all looked at me like I had three heads and all this. They're like, wow, how much can you see? You know, you get all these questions. You know, are you going to be able to work out? worked out you know do you go to a gym I'm like yes you know so so I took the three-day training with all sighted people um peers and got to know friends and um, the three-day thing was to learn choreographic um, choreography learn how to teach and cue and all this other stuff so I did the three-day training which was great. And then the next step was you have to take. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not sure if I can, you know, I can't. I can't take the test. I'm not going to take the test. What's going to who's going to help me? So um, the people that I'm certified through is a fitness of aerobics association. And that's just one of the people that I'm certified through. But they were like, well, we've never had a blind person do any of the certifications before. What will you need? And I said, I'll need extra time and I'll need a reader. And, you know, um, okay. So uh, Vero Beach, which was two hours away from Orlando is where I had to go take the Dan and his family and, and myself we to Vero Beach. And it was a weekend and they dropped me off our day and you took the test, the written test, and you also had to do a practical show each people. And I had my cane and they're like, oh my gosh, again, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you always have to advocate for yourself in life. So it's like, I'm okay. I do, I do work out, you know, I go to a gym and they're like, okay. So, I, you know, I, I get up and I um, teach them a bicep curl. I can remember this to this day. You have to tell them how to stand properly, how to, they tell you what you're going to do. They're like, so you're going to do a bicep curl. And I said, okay. So I had to tell them how to stand with your feet properly, with your abdominals tucked in, you know, your butt in, and you're going to have, you're going to curl your arm up with your palms up towards your shoulder and all the way down slowly. You're going to go up slowly and down slow and down slowly. And they said, and then I had to say the proper terms, you know, eccentric and, and concentric of the muscles. So they were looking for all that. So that was fun. So got all that done. I passed, which was really cool. And I said, wow, what's my next step in the fitness journey? And so we're like, we don't know. So then I go to the gym and I said, you know, I'm, I passed everything. What's the next steps? And they said, well, we don't know if you're going to be able to teach at all because of your vision. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, do you think maybe I could team teach with somebody? They said, sure, that, that might be possible. So I got to team teach with another friend and I got five minutes in the class to teach. I think I taught one, one little arm muscle segment, like a bicep curl. And I said, okay, that's great. And then after that, my boss stayed... After, after we did the class, my boss was with me for two hours and she taught me what I did wrong and what, what I could increase on. And, 
And at the time I'd come home and I just bawled to Dan and say, oh my God, I don't, I don't know. This is crazy. And to this day, I say to Dan, I loved that boss. <laughs> but at the time I was like, I hate this boss. <laughs> but now to this day, you know, I really love the boss. Um, but fast forward to today and, you know, what I've been doing, um, you know, and I got to teach finally. So to finish that story, I got to teach finally by myself. I got, I, I was worthy enough, deemed worthy enough to teach by myself finally. And I got to teach a whole class by myself. The gems, it's fine, you know, um, and then that was, that was such a wonderful experience for me, you know, in the long run. So I really advocated for myself and persevering and making sure, you know, that I could go to the gyms and do it, show people that I could teach the classes, um, and, you know, journey. So, um, and then at the end, when I was losing my vision, I, I told Dan, I said, I would really a center because it was getting harder that the, the other gyms were worried about the liability um, if people were going to fall and I couldn't see had friends that were in the classes that would help me if something was, you know, some people were stopping or some people needed help really good too. Um, but then I, I talked to Dan and we got my own fitness center and it was a women's gym. And I had that for five years fit here in Orlando, Florida, and it was in our shopping center. So we could, I could walk and teach and, it was just mine. It was so exciting to have my own, my own dream and journey. And from my fitness journey, part of you, it was, it was like my dream come true. I told Dan that all the time. It's just a wonderful fitness center and I could make my own rules. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And now, um, thanks to she's given me the dream of my life again, because I've kind of came at the end when the gym did close and well, you know, my friends are getting older my client, they became, my clients became my friends and they came to my house and they're kind of older and they're like, well, they can't do much. My, my, my um, dream is going to come to an end. And what am I going to do next? You know, cause I'm not that old, you know, I'm in my fifties. So I'm like, keep me entertained. Um, Cindy, when the pandemic came, which dream come true, unfortunately for, for everybody, but it really helped ACB. And she asked me if I would teach yoga one day a week. And I said, yes, please let me do something. So days a week, um, we do yoga, one easy chair yoga and resistance and resistance classes and happy hour car. I love the ACB community. Um, it's given me my, the opportunity to give back my trade that I kind of thought was dying for me. So thank you, Cindy, for giving me back. Always love to do. But I remember, Leslie, if I could just jump in, when you first started, it was a challenge for you, right? Because you'd never really worked with, I mean, this is all via phone. Nobody's in the room with you. Right. Um, and you had to learn to communicate and a lot of the poses and movements and 
work you work with some challenging situations sometimes and yet you have months and i um, love it thank you my friend <laughs> i smile right now friends on the community i tell you i tell dan it's not just it is a challenge in the beginning it was a in my lingo you know i taught him the body and and i have never taught to visually impaired people through my journey my fitness journey i never taught to maybe but one and everybody else was, has been cited in, in my 20 plus years of teaching so when i went to the community it was a totally new, yeah. new for me i had to learn the clock kind of arm out and they're like out where leslie i'm like <laughs> just out out move it out you know? <laughs> like this like, right <laughs> like this you know just do this and they're like what and i'm like oh wait wait okay let's take our arm out to what time you think that is three o'clock you know o'clock. they're teaching me the time i'm like this is great you know because i stink at time and <laughs> like today we were doing something today and i'm like put your foot behind you and they're like what time? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You guys pick the time. I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're cracking up. So, you know, there's so many wonderful people in this community and I just smile every time I, it, I laugh, you know, it's, it, it has been a challenge, but I tell you, these people, they have learned a lot. And I think my goal, I don't ever want to lose them, <laughs> you know, is my goal because then I'm like, Oh, I'll be so sad again. But if they were to go into a fitness center, I'd hope they could take a class. Sure. Now that they know some of the lingo, right? And yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Tim, well, any follow-up? Well, I just think, uh, you know, it's really important to use. And it's taken her in a, you know, down different Past, you might not have met. And I think that's a part of, for me, being fit and active is you, you can go on different paths you, and you don't really know where they're going to go. But when I'm not as fit as I want to be, then those paths don't seem as like they seem harder, much harder, more challenged, and they don't, I don't have the confidence that I can do them. So when I'm, you know, Part of being fit and active is a out outside of my neighborhood and explore the world and and that people and I learn more and my life is much more fascinating than it would be just staying where it's safe and so and um and okay at the end of a ski season when I, when I'm always a little bit sad because my coordination and balance is such is so much better at the end of the ski season because i've been out mm. on the trails skiing uncertain you know up and down in in the terrain you have your brain has to constantly adjust and and my ability to navigate in the city is so much better at the end of the ski season than it is well right about now because <laughs> it's i'm moving faster on skis I'm challenging myself a little bit more. My awareness in you know three dimensions is better, and so 
that's the one thing. It, it, there's such a benefit that uh, of being able to be more confident that uh, that's that's I hadn't really thought about that until I actually experienced it. You know, I think one of the things that we've heard from both of you is your fitness at any time and it might have pauses in it, but you can then restart again. I really never had a fitness journey until the um, but you're on one now. A recumbent bike. Yeah. I also uh, purchased a uh, vibrating table, um, mm. which helps a lot. A lot of, um, I do a lot of uh, movements on that as well. And then um, I've also uh, now I've started jump roping uh, and, and got a ropeless jump rope. Um, so I can do it in my living room and not worry about smacking stuff. And uh, just got a hula hoop. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not the actual. It's like one of those ones that it spirals on a track, uh-huh. and it's got um, it's got like this big ball on a ribbon. I will tell you, boy, I, I it's a stop and go. <laughs> when I was a kid, I could do those hula hoops, but now good at it. Darn it. We did so, a hula hoop class because my ladies, when I had the gym, yeah. Is thinking of different things for us to do every day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my gosh, guys. So they said, let's buy some hula hoops. And I still have them in my garage. And I'm thinking, I should bring those out and see if they can still hula hoop. <laughs> Cindy, what is, what is a ropeless jump rope? Would you tell us? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, it costs less than $10 on Amazon. Uh, so, and there's lots of them out there. Um, but it has like a weighted ball at the end that I would say is about, Maybe it could be as long as 10 inches long. Um, I have mine short up to about six inches. And you hook it through the... The one that I have actually has an LED display. So if you're sighted, you could see rotations and um, how many calories. And it's got a timer and all of that. I don't use that. Um, My daughter watched and she said, it's like... About... 120 jumps in a in a minute, which is what I I'm doing. That's a hundred calories, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you do you you waste a lot more. In the bike, by the way, uh, I'm but it's different muscles. I'm it's thinking different of a new muscles, class. Right? Yeah. yeah, um, and uh, and but it also came with a rope, a long rope that you could take those short ropes that instead but with the weighted balls on the end um it's not like you're just flinging your arms around you know what i mean you're actually moving handles in your they they spin as you're using going through the motion of like a okay are there any questions for the panel before we move on raised hands julie brandon you can unmute Hi there, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Great. I, I just have to add to Tim's introduction. Cindy said very involved in, in Ski for Light. I just have to let people know he's the current president of Ski for Light. 
sharing your journey. And I have a question for you both. How does one, I talk to so many people who do the start and then stop and don't get mm-hmm. back to exercising. How do you develop that discipline? Because it is a discipline. I'm going to, so, so really, it's good to hear you. Hi, Leslie, good to hear you too. Thanks for having me. Um, so the start and stop is really, really important. And you said, how do you have the discipline? stop yeah right right Uh okay so so it's very hard for oh my gosh the holidays come which is what yeah 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 (laughs) so we're getting into the holidays and you have to put up the christmas tree you have to do this you have to do that i have to go christmas shopping you know all this stuff comes up so what you need to do is set aside Mm -hmm. you say i'm going to do 10 minutes this day I'm going to end this time. So it's just like brushing your teeth or you're going out to the mailbox or you're going grocery shopping. At this time of the day, you're going to do your exercise. And you may only get 10 minutes that day, and that's perfectly fine. The next day, you might have more time. So you haven't stopped and started. Um, It's a yo-yo thing. Many people do stop and start. Um, It makes it harder because when you start again, you've actually... And then you've got to start all over again, and then you stop, and then you start. So I'd say anything, just keep on a regular routine. If even if the holidays come in there, or a birthday comes in, or a vacation, you try and maintain. Take a little walk. Um, you know, get a family member, even if you're if you're traveling with somebody. You know, if you're going to see family or friends. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, this is my workout time. You know, can we go on a ten minute walk outside? I always drag Dan outside after I work out and say, hey, it's time to go walking. I love it. I've been on Zoom so long. And Leslie, I'll share with you, I actually did develop a discipline for four years, so I'm really happy about that. And then on the treadmill, and what I learned to do was it was my private time to listen to my books or my shows that I liked, and I started Mm -hmm. to look forward to it. Sad thing is, after my four years, I ended up with severe Achilles tendinopathy. So I I am off the treadmill for a while. That can happen with exercise. But that's what I found. I just have to tell you, it was real hard for me at first to get that discipline. But then when I added it with something that I enjoy and didn't find time for the rest of the day, it really helped. Yeah, that's that's always good, too. Even if you're riding the bike, you can pop in that book or the podcast. Exactly. exactly. Well, and if I could just chime in, uh, they say it takes two weeks to start building up a habit. habit. And so, you know, don't stop until you've gotten through those two weeks because it's like getting over that hump. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and finding a partner is really important. And, you know, one of the things we've learned in this virtual world is you don't even have to be together to do it. And I have two people I ride with every morning at 8 a.m. We call each other. We do a three-way call and we hold each other accountable. It is really great. Helpful. helpful. Yes. Thank you, guys. Call me, Julie. I'll, I'll walk with you or whatever. All right. But once I get my heel healed, we'll, we'll go. Yeah. Give me a and, ring. And yeah, Tim, yeah. Do, you have, do you have a response? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, stopping is not the worst thing. Not starting again probably is, is that's that's where you cause the problem. So I I'll, I try to remind myself uh, if I'm not feeling Overtraining is a problem I've had. So if I'm not feeling it, I should really listen to my body. But then I also have having a purpose or a goal that I have in mind that gets me back down in the I call it my garage gym where I have all my gadgets and 
bike and ski machine. It gets me back down to the, the garage gym because uh, my purpose is is to be ready to, to ski or hike the next. Um, so it's not all taking a break is not a bad thing, but keep your eye on what is your goal or purpose for your fitness and that that will help you get back into the routine. I like it. Thanks. Thank and Julie, you. just take your take your injury seriously, you know, and then come back in like like Tim is saying, you know, if you do need the rest and you've injured your body, right. Then listen to your body, like he's saying. Yeah, the physical therapist and I are working and it's gonna come back. I have face. So yes, Thank it you. will. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi. Hi, this is Lynn. And hi Leslie. Hi, lyrical Lynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I want to say is, you know, I, I started going back to the gym, uh, to Curves, which I used to go to in Anchorage and also in Florida. I've always valued exercise. And um, I used to, when I was in Anchorage and I, and I really couldn't go to the gym much because it was too darn cold, I used to go to Gold's Gym and I had a trainer. And then, um, you know, for many, many years, then I stopped doing it for a while. But, you know, I think that. Um, when you when I, I feel so good going to the gym and working on the the twelve or thirteen machines they have, and I'm getting stronger, and you know and I, and 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 then and, the, and it's it's a circuit, so you know you do that and you just, on the mats, all that kind of stuff, and then I still go to Leslie's classes too, and I just find that exercise really raise your mood. I mean, if if you want to reduce stress, like Julie was talking about, exercising is one of the best ways to do that. Very and, good. Um, it's just a good way to, to just get out the endorphins and do that. I also have a treadmill too, but I don't use a treadmill as much as I, I, I would like. I don't like running too much. So, you know, that's what I do right now. So, you know, but I'm going three days a week. And yay and I, and to I'll... being one of our community participants <laughs> in class. So I, I love I, having I, Lynn on. <laughs> Lyrical Lynn. We've, na- we've renamed everybody this week. <laughs> that's great. So, I, so I, I just don't miss anything. I just don't miss it. I just three days a week, three days a week. That's it. You know? That's great. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Anybody else, Allison? Yes, we have uh, Cassandra. Hi, my name's Cassandra, and um, I want to say that pre pre COVID, when things were actually were kind of semi normal, um, I was going to uh, Planet Fitness, and I was doing their circuit, which is what um, reminded me of uh, the situation when cir- the the name circuit was uh, mentioned. And um, during that circuit, um, you go from machine to machine. You you spend a couple of seconds on each one. And um, then you go to the middle, and they were doing box jumps. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't box jump. I'm I'm blind. I, I can't see the box. Um, I'm not going to jump over the box. I'm not going to hurt myself. And um, the uh, trainer worked with me and said, well, just because you're blind doesn't mean that you can't box jump. You can box jump. Here, I'll stand here so that you can't jump over the box. And so then I built a trust um not only in myself but in someone else that i didn't know <laughs> that's awesome um, you know well i mean they were the the instructor but still i didn't know them um and um it, we we worked past my fear of actually box jumping and thinking that i can't do something because i was now legally blind that i couldn't see it anymore so that was that's my little story that you know. That's don't, great. That's, that's, yeah, don't let something stop that's, you. Yeah, that's fabulous. And we started we Tuesday, Cindy. We did circuit on my resistance class, so we did a little wow. 
cardio, like she's saying, Cassandra's saying, we kept going. We didn't break as long as we normally do. So we started doing a little circuit where we did a little cardio in between, um, like um, jacks in the chair and um, knee raises and all that stuff. So it was it was fun. I, I turned them on to a little circuit training there. Well, and I want to make sure that people know that like joining in on the classes that Leslie does in the community, it's all free and uh, five days a week. And then we have somebody else that um, Angel Eyes Fitness out of Georgia does um, uh, cardio stuff every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Leslie's uh, classes are at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Mondays and Wednesdays. And on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific. So um, if you are not receiving our daily schedule in your inbox, send an email to community at acb.org and we will get you signed up so that you can take advantage of some of um, these classes and others as well, other opportunities. So um, how are we on time, Elko? I think we still have a few minutes, right? Any other questions, Allison? I don't see any more raised hands right now. Can I brag on Allison? Amazing Allison. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So Allison comes to my classes. um, And Wednesday is the ball class. And she does phenomenal on the ball. We have so much fun. If anybody has a big resistance ball, come see us. It's a smaller class, but um, it's fun, and we laugh, and we're 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 rolling on the ball. So oh, it is fun, and I I do fight with my ball a little bit, but I do <laughs> so enjoy it. And Leslie, you do a great job. Thank you. So do you. Thank you. That's why I'm on you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's great. All right. Um. So, any final thoughts about maybe how somebody gets started? And yeah. What would be if somebody said, I'm, I don't have, I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. Um, what would be the way you would tell them to get started? Either of you. I would say to get started, get a buddy. Like you've said, Cindy, get a, get a buddy. If you, you know, if you, if you don't have a buddy, then, you know, just march in place in your chair when you're zoom calling or you're on a meeting, um, you don't have to do anything extreme. If you don't have any equipment at all, walk to your mailbox. It doesn't take much to do getting in and out of bed. That might be as much as one person can do to start. And that's perfectly fine. Tapping your toes while you're sitting in the chair. I tell my mom, she's 89. I tell her to lift her leg, you know, um, while she's sitting watching TV and reading a lot. I'm like, just lift your leg, do ankle circles. You know, the balance of rotating your ankle just sitting will really help walking and uh, not falling so i would just say little little baby steps don't give up yeah i would definitely agree with that i mean our, i think the science shows our body our bodies react to any sort of activity and what it they don't it, it doesn't react well to is when we do nothing so to find an opportunity to do a little more than you did the day before. And then also, yeah, reach out and, and try to, you're gonna find like-minded people along the way. There are, and there are many people that would love to just help somebody get a little bit more confident 
and spend a little bit more time doing what they want to do. So through like the community or Leslie's class or or within your own hometown, try to, if, to the extent possible, try to find other people doing an activity that might interest you. They may be sighted, it may be in the visually impaired community, but there will be people that want to help you move a little bit farther on your fitness journey. I guarantee that. Awesome. All so right. You, yeah. You do have a raised hand. Uh, okay. Okay, Sarah. Oh. Yes, I have a question. And I know that there's exercises that you can do without equipment, but um, I'm on a program and I want to, I've been interested in this since summer at the ACB convention when California Council of the Blind was selling that device. Are they still selling that? I don't know. Cindy, do you know? I'm not it, sure. Is that the, the, the treadmill? The the yes, they are. Um, I will say that there are a lot of equipment like that as well on Amazon or other places. So before you purchase any kind of equipment, do some homework. And, um, you know, funny thing, <clears throat> when I went to visit my mom uh, in Washington in August, the one thing I was going to be gone for a little over a week and I was panicked because I was riding my bike a half hour twice a day and I was worried that I was going to go for over a week and not be able to ride it. So um, we ordered some pedals that they call them under the desk, I think, uh, an under the desk bike or something like that. Anyway, they're pedals and uh, you could set them under your table or whatever. And uh, it was great because it was not the same as my bike, for sure. But it kept me moving. It kept me doing something. And it kept me in my routine. My routine changed a little bit. But it was still, uh, it, it kept me honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, every looking, day. I'm looking for something for lower and upper because I just had, um, in 2019 and in 2021, I had shoulder surgery. So I've got to keep my upper sure. limbs for mm -hmm. physical so reasons. I want to encourage I you to, to think about joining in on some of Leslie's classes because I like, just wrote the website down. I had my caregiver do good. it because um, so on Mondays it's yeah. very low impact, right? Um, it's, it's easy, easy yoga. Easy chair yoga. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you can do what you can and if you can't do a movement, then you just do something else. It's yeah. Not I like, used to, you know, before COVID, like, like Sandra's, was it Cassandra? Like she said, before COVID, BC, <laughs> um, before COVID, I used to go to the Y and I really missed that because the the pool, I mean, when I was in the pool and sure. when I lived at a place with a pool, I was losing pounds like nobody's business. And I'm not joking. The pool All is right. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah, for thank that. You. And thank you so much, Leslie and Tim for your contribution to our convention and for sharing your journey and for just being such great role models for fitness. We appreciate both of you being here. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Hopefully we're going to bring you more students there, Les. Yeah, Tim, and good luck this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to be a lot of snow out here. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Fun. All right. Do you, 
you have another raised hand. Do you want to take it or? Um, Elko, are you there? Sure, go ahead. I am, am I? Can you hear me or not? Yeah, now we can. Okay, I I can't hear my speech. Tell me whether I'm muted or unmuted. Okay, you're not okay. muted now. Okay, thank now, you. Do I have time for another question? It's twenty three after. Oh, go for it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, Bob, Be free, please. Okay, go ahead, Bob. Hi. Um. So I was looking. Um. Our. Any of the uh, past classes archived, or do we, or do our, or no, we don't not, record um, them for podcast. We don't record those. N- not for podcast, no. Okay. But come on my classes. You'll 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 pick it up quickly. I, I might have to. Um, every time I'm on, every time I teach, I break it down. So for the new people that come on, so and you'll have fun. We'll rename you. all right thanks bob again thank you leslie and tim and i'm going to turn it over to elko for just a minute thank you cindy for all you do in this regard too i know you've been really busy putting that community um, activities together and i think it's been such a blessing during the pandemic for so many people so well let's get it done We now have rectified the door prize problem. It's my fault. (laughs) I was holding on to all the door prizes. She just wanted to make me I never win, (laughs) and so I said, I'll just keep them here. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do two, and then we'll do the next exciting panel. Go ahead, Debbie. All right. This prize is going from Yakima Valley Council of the Blind. It's a $25 Amazon gift card. And uh, I'm going to draw for it right now. And this is going out to my good friend, Jeff Bishop. Oh, my gosh. Right. He's still up here at the hey. Washington. Hey. All right. And you wanted one more. Is that right? One more. Yep. One. More. Actually, go ahead and put that back and redraw if you want. Because, I mean, you know. Oh, we have no. We have no we ability really have to, to do that. No way of doing that. No, oh, no. no. Uh-huh. These are preordained and predestined. You can just prizes. send it to me. Gift it to somebody else. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. One more. Our Thank next you. Door prize drawing is a twenty-five dollar mod pizza gift card donated oh, okay. by Snohomish County Council of the Blind. Go ahead, Frank. All right, let's see what we got here. Xandra Brown from Ooh, the oh. Olympia chapter. Okay. Very good. Yay. Yay. Well, now we have our final panel here, and it's called Say What You Mean and Mean What You Say. And Cindy is the facilitator again, so I will let her take it from here. I know we it's somebody, the president of the online Toastmasters, okay. I believe. So All I'm right. going to give it to Cindy. Go ahead, Cindy. So uh, what the description says, and I took it from their website, actually, ironically, one of the strongest vehicles of communication is not what you say, rather, it's how you say it. So we're going to hear from Ted Shelley and Randall Crosby, and uh, they're going to tell us all about Toastmasters. So take it away, Ted and Randall. 
Thank you very much, Cindy. And thank you all for inviting us here. It's a great honor and privilege to be able to talk to the uh, ACB of Washington State. I currently live in Florida with my golden retriever guide dog, Loretta, my wife, Gina, and her service dog, Kiwi. But I was born and raised in Washington State. Wow. Yeah. Spokane. Grew up in Spokane. Graduated from Washington State University in Pullman. Uh, It's been a while since I've been back to Washington, but I do make it back there occasionally. So it, it, it is wonderful to be able to speak with you and to tell you a little bit about Toastmasters. How many of you have ever heard of Toastmasters? Can we get? Uh, can we get? It, it would uh, be really too hard, yeah, to would do it? that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'll just tell you a little bit about Toastmasters. It is an organization that has been around for nearly a hundred years now. In fact, I think this year is the ninety-seventh anniversary of the founding of Toastmasters. It is an organization that teaches self-confidence, competence, self-assurance through public speaking and leadership. It is made up of literally thousands, hundreds and thousands of clubs around the world that meet on a regular basis. There is a specific educational program in Toastmasters that takes you a very easy step-by-step manner to being a more self-assured speaker and achieving the goals that you want to achieve in your own life as a speaker, as someone who can be inspiring, informative, entertaining, whatever it is that you'd like to accomplish. It is a volunteer organization, primarily, and not unlike ACB and the NFB and, and so forth, in that there are local clubs like chapters that do the real are, are the real fundamental of Toastmasters. They're the place where you go to learn. There is an international organization. Uh, there is a professional group located in Colorado that does all the administration. They develop the training materials and keep us safe legally and all of that. But at the club level, it's all volunteers. There are people with all levels of skill from very experienced Toastmasters down to beginners who are unsure whether they could ever get up and give a speech or say anything in public. But that's what Toastmasters does. It increases your confidence step by step. I thought I might share just a little bit about my journey in Toastmasters, why I joined and and what I gained. Back in 2009, in the depths of the Great Recession, I lost my job. And I wanted to find another job. I thought, I really need to increase my ability to do presentations. I'd heard of Toastmasters. 
So I looked it up at the on the web, and I found out that there was a club within fairly easy walking distance of where my home was at the time, up in Connecticut. I showed up at a meeting. I walked in with my guide dog. They were all very friendly and welcoming. I sat down and listened to their presentations and so forth and talked to some of the people afterwards. And they were just a little hesitant. They didn't know how they were going to help me as a blind person. How are you going to get up and, and give a speech if you don't have notes? How are you going to see the timing lights that we use to indicate that you're out of time? How are you going to do presentations with PowerPoint? They just didn't have a clue. But I thought there has to be a way to get this done. I went home and I did some more Googling. I looked for blind Toastmasters and found out that there were a few. In fact, there were two blind individuals who won the Toastmasters World Championship of Public Speaking, a contest held every year that all Toastmasters can participate in. I even found a club out in Oakland that was primarily blind people. I gave one of their officers a call and asked them, how do you do these things? She gave me some, some tips and hints and how they went about it. So I went back to my local club and said, okay, I think I can do this. And I got started. I was able to practice my presentation skills. I actually was able to get a speaking engagement at two conferences. I'm a technical person, a programmer, basically. At these conferences, I could present things at a technical nature, do, did a pretty good job. After that, I got a job offer, and I've been at that company now for more than 10 years. So Toastmasters was really successful for me. But I also found that it was a lot of fun. Not long after I joined, the club announced that they were going to have a contest. And this was a tall tales contest where you get up for four or five minutes and tell a tall tale, a story that you make up yourself that might be a little exaggerated. And I won the contest in my club. There are different levels of contests. So after the club, you go up to an area that covers several Toastmasters Club. And in that contest, I came in second. But there were only two participants. So maybe it wasn't that great. Still, it was all a lot of fun. And I really decided that this is something that I wanted to get deeply involved in. So I've been doing Toastmasters for about 10 years now. And not long ago, just last December, my wife and I were thinking, how could we pay it forward? She's a Toastmaster as well. How could we make this Toastmasters experience 
more easily accessible to the blind and visually impaired. So that if they went into a local club, maybe the members there wouldn't say, we have no idea what we're going to do with you. We don't know how to help you. So we founded a club. Now, many clubs meet in person, at least before COVID. But there have always, or at least for the last dozen years or so, been clubs that meet online. We decided to form an online-only club that would meet via Zoom. And we made sure that every aspect was accessible. All the materials from Toastmasters International were accessible. Our website is accessible. All the methods of engaging with the other members, completely accessible. We use Zoom, which is an accessible platform. And our club, VIP Online Toastmasters, has become a very successful club. Currently, we have, I think it's about 30 members. We meet once a week on a Sunday afternoon. And if you want to find out all the details about our club and the Zoom link, you can go to our website, viponlinetoastmasters.com. So that's a little bit of the background of Toastmasters and why I was in Toastmasters and, and a little bit about VIP Online. I'd like to ask my fellow club member, Randall Crosby, just to speak for a few minutes about his Toastmasters journey and, and why he got interested in Toastmasters. Randall? Thank you, Ted. Can you hear me? Am I unmuted? Yep. You are, yes. Hey. Great. Thought it was. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Randall Crosby, and I joined Toastmasters about three years ago. I also live in Florida. I'm in St. Augustine, Florida, a couple hours drive from where Ted and his wife, Gina, live. But when the pandemic started, we all were thrown into a loss as to what we would do next. We suddenly were told we cannot meet in person. And then we all became more acquainted with this thing called Zoom. We all had a learning curve. For me, it's turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Because meetings are now on Zoom, I don't have to drive to meetings. Okay, you guys are on to me. You know I don't drive, but anyway, I don't have to find someone to drive me to meetings, I should say, such as my wife or friends. That's why now I'm a member of four different clubs. Every club has a different culture, different way. But the VIP Online Toastmasters Club is by far my favorite club because it focuses on people with visual impairments. There are two phases I like to think of for Toastmasters. Improving your public speaking, which improves your self-confidence and ability to communicate. Even if you're just going to a small dinner party out with friends, you'll be surprised at how much this will help you not to mention the improvements on professional presentations it brings to you. But also the other element of this is leadership learning. I'm now an area director 
you have a variety of levels outside of the clubs and within the clubs. Leadership. Within the clubs, there are five officers' roles that we all volunteer for, and we learn those roles. You have the president, the vice president of education, secretary, the sergeant at arms, and the vice president of membership and vice president of public relations. All these roles are filled by us, the Toastmasters, and we learn them, and we work as a team. It's such a friendly and helpful environment. And so now, as an area director, I'm learning another level of leadership skills, and I just learn and grow every day. So I've enjoyed my journey with Toastmasters. I came into it pretty confident. I have a love for public speaking. I enjoy being on the stage. And my goal and dream is to become a motivational speaker. I am on a low level, small level, motivational speaker. I love sharing my story about being a person who is blind. And I run 5K races and triathlons. My connection to Washington is a gentleman who lives in Seattle. Some of you may know him. He's pretty famous, at least in the triathlon circles. Aaron Sheedies or Shides. He is a Paralympic triathlete. Heck of an athlete, I'll tell you that. I got to meet him in person, and I've done some triathlons as well. So we bonded and had a friendship over that. But that's my story about Toastmasters. I've enjoyed it, and we're here to give a presentation. I appreciate you folks inviting me to this and Ted involving me in it. So I'm here to work with Ted and help him on this. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Randall. And Randall, by the way, is our vice president of public relations. So he's doing his job on a PR for us uh, this afternoon. Now, you may wonder what goes on at a Toastmasters meeting. A Toastmasters meeting have several segments, usually. Generally, the first thing that happened is some prepared speeches. That's a very important part of Toastmasters. You plan your speech, you write it out if that's the way you like to prepare a speech, you practice it, you work with a mentor, and then you get scheduled to deliver your speech at a meeting. The, most of the speeches in Toastmasters are five to seven minutes, and you're held to those times. You have to speak for at least five minutes. and if you go over seven minutes, well, then you can be disqualified from the voting for best speaker at that meeting. And in a contest, you are disqualified from winning one of the top trophies or levels. So there's usually two, maybe three prepared speeches. There might be an educational moment where someone does a presentation about public speaking. In our club, we like to play some videos from champion speakers and how they've achieved their levels and tips from them. The second part of a typical Toastmasters meeting is what we call table topics. And this is extemporaneous speaking. This teaches you to think on your feet. The way it works is that the topics master will throw out a question and then call on one of the members to deliver an impromptu one to two minute speech. 
And just like in the prepared speeches, you're timed. You have to speak for at least one minute and no more than two. You're actually given a 30-second grace period on these speeches. But then after that, you would be disqualified from voting for best speaker or best table topic. I thought today we'd do a little demonstration on table topics and how it works. I'm going to throw out a question for Randall that he doesn't have any uh, foreknowledge of, and I'm going to ask him to do a little impromptu speech. So my theme for table topics today is the best of everything. So Christian, before you said, I guess you'll be timing me. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I will demonstrate actually how the timing works in with a visually impaired group because I'm going to get my uh, timing device ready here. Uh, because in a typical Toastmasters club, there would be a light or just a card held up, green at one minute, yellow at one and a half, and red at two minutes. But for the visually impaired members, we say the uh, colors out loud. So I will be saying green at one minute, yellow at one and a half minutes, and red at two minutes. And then 30 seconds to wrap it up. Right. After the red. Okay, so I'm just going to get my timing ready here, Randall, and I'll throw the question to you. Great. Okay, Randall, here's your question. What is the best invention ever? What is the best invention ever? Well, what first comes to mind for me is the toaster, of course, because they always say it's the next best thing, sliced bread. I heard that a lot when I grew up. Everything was compared to sliced bread, so it must be something fantastic. But toaster is just something that comes to mind. But I really believe the very best invention to me, even though I can't drive one, I think it's the car, the automobile. Think of where we'd be without it. I mean, we do, especially among our, our peers who are blind, we do work with mass transit, public transportation a lot. I've done that through periods of my life. But think how our world would be without cars. At least those people who drive them, sighted people, are staying off the mass transit and the public transportation so that we can be on there a little more comfortably. Kind of bad enough as it is, right? Having to wait at the stops and transition between subways and buses and trains and all that. So I think the car is a great invention. I always like those stories about Ford and how he invented the car. And I enjoy these new stories about Elon Musk and the self-driving cars, Tesla, it's all fascinating. And one of my friends has a Tesla. I rode in it. I yeah, couldn't well. figure out how to open and close the door on that thing. Pretty advanced. But I think that's a pretty neat invention. There are so many inventions. One could go on for much more than two and a half minutes about all the great inventions we have. Just like tonight, we're able to be on Zoom because of these great inventions of technology. But 
I, I think the car is a terrific invention. I love our car. My wife and I, we bought a Toyota 4Runner. She likes Red. these big, big cars because she feels safe in it. And I'll tell you this, I love the car as long as it doesn't break down. When they break down, I'm not so happy. Back to you, Mr. Toastmaster. Thank you, Randall. You spoke for two minutes, 14 seconds. So well within the time parameters. Great job. Being able to speak on an impromptu basis is an important skill to have. In an interview, for instance, basically what you're doing there is impromptu speaking. The interviewer is asking you questions and you have to come up with some kind of answer and not just, uh, um, uh, gee, well, uh, I have no idea. And Randall may have had no idea what the best invention was, but he thought of something to say. He even thought about where he was going as he was speaking. It's also useful in just social situations. And it's actually just a lot of fun. Now, I'd like to ask our moderator here, would it be possible for some of the audience to participate in this? If uh, Absolutely. I, yeah. Okay. So a so, couple of things, though, before you go. I uh, noticed, Jeff, you have your hand up. Um, did you have a question? It may be an accident. The other thing I just wanted to say is, Ted, I actually attended one of your Toastmaster meetings on a Sunday, uh -huh. uh, probably back in May mm -hmm. yeah. or April. And I did one of those, what did you call them? Was it table talk? Table, no. table topics. That's right. Table topics. I did one of those. And I recall that you also score people on how many ums and uhs and is it during that as well? Yes. So that's another part of the Toastmasters meeting. And maybe this would be a good time to explain that. Feedback is a very important part of the Toastmasters process. That's the third part of every Toastmasters meeting. After the, after the prepared speeches and table topics, then we have what's called the evaluation section there will be a person that specifically evaluates the prepared speeches. They would have prepared ahead of time to know what project the speaker was working on and what they were trying to achieve, what their own personal goals were for that speech. Then the evaluator gives a two to three minute evaluation, just feedback on how the speaker did. You'll go through what they did well and how they could improve. Then the speaker can take that feedback and incorporate it into their next prepared speech. There are also three important feedback rules. The timer, you uh, heard me being the timer for Randall just then. And the timer would then, at the end of the meeting, report on all the times. There's also someone we refer to as the awe counter. 
He counts all the ums and ahs and ers and so's, all the unnecessary filler words that really don't help your speaking. And he gives a report of that at the end of the meeting. And the purpose is to get you to be aware of those unnecessary filler words and really smooth out your speech so that you sound like a professional. The third role is the grammarian. The grammarian listens specifically for grammatical errors, but also for creative and eloquent uses of the language so that he can give some positive feedback to the speakers. And he gives his report at the end of the meeting as well. Now, like I say, evaluation and feedback are a very important part of every Toastmasters meeting. Jeff, I think, is unmuted and had a question. Am I right, Jeff? Well, I just had a comment. Uh, I've been involved in Toastmasters since uh, the early 90s uh, and have served as uh, an area and division governor within the organization. It's been a few years since I've been away, but I've just registered on the website, so you should be hearing from me oh, cool. to join. So um, good way of reconnecting back up. But I've been uh, off and on doing Toastmasters for about about 30 plus years. Wow. And um, it's a, a, just an amazing organization, one that if you uh, have not gotten involved with it and you're in the public sphere at all, then you really ought to be. Uh, and uh, really, it's just a, a great way of meeting lots of wonderful people and improving your speaking skills immensely. So cannot speak highly enough of it. All right. Well, thank you for that plug. And we'd be really, really happy to invite you to one of our meetings. Yeah, I'll be there Sunday. Great. I enjoyed Great. it when I went. I really did. And I would love to come back. So you likely will see me there again soon as well. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed having the opportunity to do my little two-minute speech. I don't even remember what it was about now. <laughs> but it went pretty good. I did okay. And I was amazed at the uh counter. I was thinking to myself when they gave their report, how the heck do they count all of those? <laughs> Just pretty amazing. Does your, does your club uh does your club click for us and um No. No, we don't. I know that some clubs do. We do not. We just uh, do report at the at the end of the meeting. Okay. Yeah, I know that some clubs uh, do that though. Oh, that's unfortunate because that's uh that's kind of fun. I, it's a good way of immediately as yeah, you're speaking, no, and it, it it is quite disruptive, though. Yeah, and that's no, why that's, I know a lot of clubs don't right. like it. Yeah, it, because of the fact that we're also doing verbal cues for the time. Right. You know, adding right. verbal right. cues for the ums and ahs might be a little too much. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We do but, have one raised hand, so I suspect. Sure. Yeah. I, and I, I am like happy to, to, to answer any questions at this point. This is Alco Canfield, and I'm wondering: mm -hmm. Are you guys back to in-person meetings, or are most of your meetings being done virtual? Yeah, so for VIP online, we are all virtual all the time. 
So mm-hmm. we will we will not meet in person. We actually have members from all over the country and even around the world. We have a member who is in Ireland, uh, one in the Middle East. So uh, yeah, we will stay online even after uh, the lockdown is is over. Uh, Randall mentioned that he's in several clubs. I'm in two clubs. The other club that I belong to did meet in person before COVID, and we'll eventually go back to meeting in person again. Probably wherever you are, you can find a Toastmasters club near you. Most of them are now meeting online. Some of them have gone to a hybrid model where they're meeting some people in person and some people online. Some clubs are all in person again. Uh, so it's, it's entirely up to the local club how they do that. If if uh, we have someone, I don't know if Doreen is interested in doing a tabletop, but she might be. Uh, so, Allison, would you mind allowing Doreen to talk? I think that's who had their hand raised. That is who has her hand raised. Um, Hello, Doreen. This is Doreen, and my cat is glad that convention is happening where she doesn't have to put up with intruders coming to feed her but um i want to make two comments or one comment and then if nobody else wants to do table topic i'm totally game Uh, the comment is something like toastmasters is also really valuable if you do any kind of advocacy because a lot of times if you go to speak before like the county council or the legislature in person you have a time limit it sometimes it's one minute sometimes it's two minutes um if you go in with two minutes of things to say and they only give you one minute, it's a little hair raising. Um, I know because I've been to the King County Council several times that they actually have a system that does lights and sound, um, which I think is also the testimony to the power of advocacy. But I just wanted to say that, as I say, if you go in and do any kind of person in-person advocacy for a big organization like if it's if you're meeting with a congressman or something it's more informal but if you're giving a small speech in public knowing how to time yourself is really valuable Ted, right. how about let's put uh doreen in the spotlight okay, okay. so doreen as i mentioned my my theme is best uh-huh so here's your question what is the best decision you've ever made best decision I've ever made. Um, um, except the college admissions offers to the place I went to college. Um, and I'm supposed to talk for two minutes. Um, one to two minutes. One to two minutes. Mm-hmm. So I had not even thought of applying to Princeton. Um, and I got a little bit of a snotty letter after I took the SATs that said, you live in a place where you might not have heard of us, but would you, if you and we won't promise we'll admit you, but would you consider applying? And um, the I applied to three places besides schools in Montana, um, and I got into two of them and got waitlisted at the third, and Princeton got me their financial aid offer faster than the other ones. But it was kind of like it was both thrilling and a big leap because I'd never seen the place. And 
it was in a lot of ways culturally really different from where I grew up in Montana, even, you know, and even though I grew up in a city and was a public school kid, there were a lot of things that were really different. But part of why I think it was the best decision I ever made, even though there were lots of bumps, is that I've always wanted to push boundaries and challenge myself. And I had plenty of opportunities to challenge myself at Princeton. But now I'd be happy to take your questions. All right. Thank you. Well done. Talk for just about one minute and 30 seconds. So that was excellent. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I kind of ran out of things to say, but I decided to stop. So <laughs> yeah. 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 You did you did great. I noticed a few ums and ahs. So the mm -hmm. ah counter, if we'd had one, would have mentioned that when we got well, to I, I have to tell you that um I've done one of the things that happened at Princeton was that I studied foreign languages and have done a little bit of spoken language interpreting. And when you do spoken language interpreting, you have to you have to take what's in one language and you often have to rearrange the meaning, rearrange the, the chunks of content so that it makes sense in the other language. So I a little bit have a habit of chunk, counting chunks of information, but it's really valuable to have someone else count when I'm the one doing talking. So, um, anyway, and thank you. Thanks, Doreen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ted, I don't know if Jeff would be interested in doing one, but I think it would be fun to hear him. <laughs> Jeff, are you game? Sure, I'll do one. There you go. Sure. Okay, let me get ready to time you, Jeff. Okay, on the subject of bests. Which is the best sports team? The best sports team. Wow, what a great topic. Thank you very much. This is fantastic. Really kind of depends on what sport you like, really. There's baseball, of course. And there's Cindy who loves the Dodgers. And then there's Belinda who loves the Atlanta Braves. And then there's me, the bishop. And of course, the bishop. Of course, we just had the Pope visiting with the president. And of course, so the bishop's got to rule them all, right? So it's got to be the Arizona Diamondbacks as being the best baseball team. Then, of course, you go to football, right? Yeah, who likes football? I like football, at least college anyway. So college, it's at the, uh, let's see, it's the uh, Arizona Wildcat football team. That's who I like. Basketball, of course, Arizona, there too. And that's kind of where I end on sports. You know, hockey's great. Been to a hockey game before. It's kind of a violent sport. Lots of lots of uh, shoving people into glass. Got to go to got to go to a game one time and sit right on the glass there and and actually feel all the the players hit the glass. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. And I think that's going to end all of my sports analogies here. But if you love sports, there's probably a team for you. All right. Thanks. Great job. Nice. Obviously, you. someone has yes. done Toastmasters before. Yeah, there you go. I've got to come up with filler there at the beginning. Hey, so Jeff, fill it good out. Job. Yeah. Jeff had his uh, voice variety going in there, too. Yeah. yeah. He knows about voice variety, changed up the pitch. Yeah. And what time, do you meet, what time do you meet on Sundays? It's 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, okay. Pacific time, it's 2 p.m. Okay, good. Yep. 
All right. Any other questions or any other, anybody else will want to try um, a table topic? Ted, on Sundays, uh, 3 p.m. I would Eastern like to. Time. Ted, right? 3 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, sorry. You're right. Sorry, Randall. <laughs> the door's open sorry, at 3 everybody. and yeah, the official yeah. meeting at 3.30 Eastern yeah, time. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's ending right. at five. I think you were thinking of the ending time. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly right. right. Hour and uh, a half meetings. Yeah, yeah. Three. So, yes, exactly. 3.30 is the start time on Sunday. So, 1.30 um, Pacific oh, time. Okay. So, <laughs> let me get ready for time here. Okay, here's your question. What's the best possession that you own? What is your favorite best possession? The best possession that I own. Yeah. The best possession that I own, I would have to say, I guess, is my cat. Um, I, I, I've, uh, I've always. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. My, I have had uh, companions for years, and they've been really supportive. And I don't need. I don't need to have equipment and stuff. I mean, I like the equipment and stuff like that. And I'm thankful for that, but having a little friend around, I think is the best thing when, uh, when you're in, when you're in trouble with, you're dealing with a difficult situation, they're always there for you. And they even make themselves known. In fact, my, uh, joy, joy, my, my kitty, I call her joy, joy. She's actually kind of a famous cat because she sits in the window and everybody knows who she is. Everybody knows who she is. And when I ask, uh, have you met my cat yet? And they say, well, yeah, she's the one in the window, right? She's the window kitty. So everybody knows the window kitty and she's very famous, not just in the building or in the complex that I live in, but she's famous to people that come and visit. And she's famous to a lot of people. And for some reason, all of my cats, except for one, have been famous. And I don't know why that is. Yellow. But for some reason, all of my cats have been famous. And that's all I can say. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Famous Thank you, Good Sarah. Good job. Yeah. A minute and 35 seconds. So We have two people stage. Okay. And... One of them is WCB president, so we're definitely going to let her have opportunity. <laughs> sure. And Elko, who is overseeing, I, I'm not. Segment. I'm not doing this to um, to make a, to do a speech. I had a question for you. I'm wondering sure. if you have, you know, books that people read or any kind of materials that you know teach how you do things. Yes, exactly. Uh, so there is an entire educational program. It's called Pathways. And it was recently revamped. Before mm, three, four, five years ago, the Toastmasters educational materials were in booklets. You joined, you got sent a couple of booklets. And I had to scan mine when I first mm -hmm. got into Toastmasters. Oh, boy. But with the new pathways, it's all online. Now, 
there they contracted with an outside group to do the online educational materials and they are not fully accessible online but what toastmasters international did to help those with visual impairments is they created a separate package of accessible materials you get that emailed to you you can download it to your computer it has completely accessible materials that you can read with a screen reader, um, wow. Braille, whatever your, your technology is. We even have some people that work on iPads. It's a little tough on a phone, but uh, you can do it even on that. So, yeah, and there is, it takes you step by step. Every Toastmaster for their first speech does what is called the icebreaker. And this is a short speech. It's only four to six minutes. And you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the club. And you get some feedback. It's very easy and gentle uh, how you could improve. And then you do a second speech. You use the feedback you got from your first speech. And then a third yeah. and so on. After you get up through oh, about four or five speeches, there are electives that you can do. Things like creating a podcast, doing a blog, giving a social speech, such as uh, a toast at a wedding, that kind of thing. And you can choose how you uh, create your own path through the educational materials. If I could add something there, Ted, to kind of help answer her question, this is why VIP Online Toastmasters was created. Uh, I'm thankful that I met Ted and Gina and was part of that chartering of the club. So I'm a charter member and I plan to stay for many years to come with VIP Online. And they've offered with Ted and Gina, <clears throat> they're very tech savvy people. So that website offers a lot of things for the visually impaired person on there. The evaluation forms are there. Very important for us in Toastmasters. The what is the website? What is the website? It's VIPOnlineToastmasters.com. Thank you. The VIP, of course, is visually impaired people. Mm -hmm. So VIPOnlineToastmasters.com. There's a, well, a good amount of information right there that you folks can go and look to become acquainted with how things work. And they've done a terrific job of making that accessible for us. And, and that's very important. That's why VIP is for people who are visually impaired to help us become more acclimated to the Toastmasters experience through that. We are running out of time, but I want to make sure Julie has a chance to uh, ask her question or do her table topic. So which was Hi, it that you wanted to do? No table talk, just a real quick question. Sure. I've talked to many blind and visually impaired oh, people about, about Toastmasters, and I... <clears throat> People that aren't don't have braille skills have said to me they don't think they could do it because how would they do it without having an ability to read notes like your first person said? What are you going to do about that? So I'm just curious how blind and visually impaired people do it without the ability to read braille. Yeah, well, there's there's a couple of ways. Uh, I don't read braille at all. Yeah. Okay. For uh, when you're on Zoom, you can actually have notes on your computer. Use your screen reader to go through them. Uh, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do use uh, Braille displays, mm -hmm. but many people that, that don't read Braille or simply memorize their speech or mm -hmm. really just 
memorize, for instance, the start of the speech, and then a few points that you want to cover, maybe a story that you want to include. If you include a story from your life, then you know that story. You don't really have to have notes. And then maybe you memorize or learn really well your closing so that you know what you're going to say to close out the speech. And that's generally what I've done with my speeches. I've done now dozens of speeches in Toastmasters. Most of them I've done without notes. And I write them out ahead of time and just learn the main points and especially the opening and the closing. And then the points that I'm going to cover in the middle. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for being here, for telling us about Toastmasters in general and VIP online Toastmasters specifically. I hope others will join me in a Toastmasters on a Sunday here soon. And uh, I plan to uh, attend uh, maybe even this Sunday. So we'll Great. see. Yeah, we'd, we'd, thank, we'd thank be you happy guys to for have making this work. Really. They can be Glad found to on Facebook too, all. right? Uh, yeah, they can find yeah. us on Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah, group, just search for page. VIP Online Toastmasters and you'll find us on Facebook. Well, and thank course, you so much. Anybody can reach out to me and I can point you in the right direction. Community at acb.org. Thanks, Elko. Yeah, thank you so much, Cindy. Well, we got down to the wire here. We have one more door prize and then Daryl Roberts is going to assume this role. So shake it up, Debbie. Okay, I work on this drawing. It is a mystery mystery gift, gift card, card from Pierce County Association of the Blind. And let's see who it is. Oh my goodness. It's Debbie Clark from Deer Park, Washington. <laughs> Yay, Debbie. Yay, Debbie. Well, I thank you all for your patience. This is my first time presiding, and so I've been quite nervous. I hope next year is easier. And now I'm going to turn it over to Daryl Roberts, and I hope you all have a lovely convention. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having us. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Uh, can everyone hear me? Daryl, are you here? Yes, I am. Yeah, he's here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. We hear you. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, good afternoon, uh, folks. Hey, I'll call you. Can't be any more nervous than I am. All right. Uh, I will be uh, hosting here for the next hour or so. And I'd like to introduce our first uh, featured vendor, vendor, I should say, of the day. And that's um, Shauna Jatho. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly uh, from uh, Vanda Pharmaceuticals. And she will be... Um, Doing a presentation about non twenty four. Oh, hold on, Daryl. Do you mean to be screen sharing? You might want to unshare your screen. I might want to unshare my screen. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's better. Th that's okay. much better. All right. Mm. Um, Hi, Shana, everyone. This is Shauna. I am. Okay. Hello. There you go. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me. All right. Floor is yours. Can you see go right me ahead. on the screen? Because I see myself. Well, you should. Okay. All right. Are you able to hear and see me? Wow. We are able to hear and see you. Go right ahead. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Thank you all. And it's a privilege to be a part of your convention. Um, like to take this opportunity to introduce myself. 
my name is Shauna Jatho. I'm a clinical nurse educator with Vanda. And my role as a nurse educator is to increase awareness on the rare condition called non-24, N-O-N-24. Many of you may have heard of non-24, um, may know some overall general overview of non-24, uh, may have heard it at previous conventions or through our commercial or radio ads. Um, usually we don't pay too much attention to something unless we feel like it's affecting us. So non-24 is associated with individuals who have very erratic sleeping patterns that are chronic. Uh, so if you're struggling with sleep and have been for some time and it's affecting the quality of your life, then hopefully you find this information pretty valuable. If not, take it away as something else new that you've learned, another takeaway. Um, I'll give you just a little brief overview. And then if you'd like to learn more, then I'll um, provide my contact information of how to get in touch with me so that we can offer you continued support. So non-24 is short for non-24 circadian rhythm sleep-wake disorder. That word circadian is very important. So that's what I'm going to talk to you first about. What exactly does circadian mean? Provide you for some insight on what's going on, what's happening inside of our body that's causing the symptoms. So you'll better understand what those symptoms are and where they come from. Those three main symptoms are difficulty falling asleep at night, difficulty getting a full night's sleep, and or difficulty staying awake during the day. So you don't have to have all three symptoms and these symptoms can come and go. So circadian, if we were to break down that term, circa means approximate or about, and Diaz means day. So circadian means approximately one day. The definition of circadian rhythm is it's a biological rhythm. Anything biological means that it's happening inside of our body. So it's a biological rhythm that lasts approximately 24 hours. So that word approximate is really important. Our bodies tend to run for most of us a little longer than 24 hours. The clocks that we follow, the world that we live in, it's a very strict 24-hour timing system. So there's an important point that I'm going to come back to about most of us have a timing that's a little longer than 24 hours. So keep in mind that all of the cells in our body follows a circadian rhythm. Our body gives us cues and signals to do certain things at certain times. So our sleep and wake cycle is just one type of circadian rhythm. Our body gives us the cues and signals when it, we're tired, when it's time to go to bed, and when it's time to wake up. You know, if we didn't have an alarm clock, we would wake up. Um, our body likes to stay on a regimen with sleep and wake. Some other types of circadian rhythms is our appetite. Our body gives us cues and signals when it's hungry. Our body temperature, also a circadian rhythm. Our body temperature is usually cooler at night while we're sleeping and warmer while we're up, moving around, and active during the day. And our hair and nail growth. Hair and nails tend to grow more at night versus during the day. So I give you those examples so that you, you know that there's a lot of different functions of our circadian rhythm in our brain. But what we're focused on with non-24 is our sleep and wake circadian rhythm. So how does our body know when it's day and when it's night? Our body needs an external signal 
to tell us when it's day and when it's night, and we get this through light. So here's the connection, very important for those of us who are either totally blind or have limited light perception, is our body needs to signal this light. It comes in through the specialized cells of the retina in the back of the eye, which then transmits a signal from the back of the eye to our master body clock in our brain. If our body is not able to perceive enough or any of this light, we can't get that signal to our circadian rhythm, our master body clock in our brain. So what happens is our body starts running on its own time. So going back to that point in the beginning that all of us has a circadian rhythm, for most of us, it lasts a little longer than 24 hours. So let's say your circadian rhythm timing is 24 hours and five minutes. Or another one of us may have a timing of 24 hours and 15 minutes. What this light does every day is erases that extra time, that extra five minutes or that extra 15 minutes to put us back in sync with the 24-hour world that we live in to keep us on that routine day and night sleep and wake schedule. So if we don't have enough for any light perception, our body hangs on to that extra time And it starts shifting and drifting our sleep and wake schedule, which leads to the symptoms of non-24. So that gives you a little background, a little understanding of what is circadian rhythm and what's happening inside of our body. So to give a few more examples of the three main symptoms there. So we all have our circadian rhythm, which resets every 24 hours. We also have a circadian rhythm cycle And it could be different for each of us also. So for some of us, we may have a circadian rhythm cycle that only takes a month to get through. For others, it may be a month and a half or two months. So let's say with the first main symptom here, difficulty falling asleep at night. So if your bedtime is 10 o'clock and let's say you're in the beginning or towards the end of your circadian rhythm cycle, you'll probably fall asleep around your bedtime. But as those nights move by, remember your timing is shifting or drifting with those individuals who have non-24. So you may find it more and more difficult to fall asleep as the night goes by, the nights go by. It may take you an hour or it may take you a few hours. And then the second main symptom is difficulty maintaining that sleep, getting a full night's sleep. So you may wake up in the middle of the night, be up for an hour or a few hours. It's a struggle to get back to sleep or depending on where you are in the cycle, you may not be able to fall back asleep. So next thing you know, now it's morning time. It's time to get up and go on with our daily activities where that can affect the quality of our life. You know, if it's school, work, social activities, family time from having that disruption in our sleep chronically. And then the third main symptom, difficulty staying awake during the day. So you may feel drowsy, but you can still get through your day, or you may have to take a nap or a few naps, or you're falling asleep uncontrollably. Um, This can happen for a period of a few days for some individuals through their cycle, or it can happen for weeks at a time. Um, That's when it's really struggle and affecting the quality of our life there. So why does that happen during the day with non-24 is because we have two main sleep and wake hormones. Most of you have probably heard of melatonin, our sleep hormone. We want our melatonin hormone 
to be elevated high at night while we're sleeping. And we want our cortisol level, our day hormone, to be low while we're sleeping. And the opposite of that during the day, we want our melatonin level to be low and our cortisol level to be high during the day to keep us up, moving around, and active. So if we're drowsy or sleeping during the day, what's happening is our body may have a higher elevated level of melatonin in middle of the day. So our body's given the mixed signals because of the lack of enough or any light perception. So that's very important with our cortisol and our melatonin level and the connection there with the light perception. So those are the three main symptoms there. Some facts, up to 70% of individuals who are totally blind may develop non-24. It's a very high percentage. Usually the time an individual starts to lose vision, you may have some sleep struggles. And if your vision symptoms worsen, your sleep struggles may worsen. So if you don't have sleep struggles now um, and do eventually have sleep struggles, then you know remember non-24 and the connection there that it may be due to the vision impairment. So for those individuals who are struggling with sleep, um, who would like to, or just would like to learn more about non-24, or like I say, you've been struggling with this for years, you, you don't know what to do about it, or you've tried measures that uh, didn't work, and you would like your doctor educated, then we have health educators. And our health educator's role is there to support you as much um, as you desire. It's a catered program to meet your needs, does not cost money. We want to increase the awareness on this rare condition so that you're knowledgeable about it and also that your doctor's knowledgeable about it so that you are diagnosed appropriately. If you feel comfortable sharing your name and number, and then I can talk with you early part of next week and gather a little bit more information that will be helpful for our health educator. Um, if you prefer, um, I'm not sure if I have the ability, I'm on my phone, I don't believe I do, to enter my information, contact information in on a chat. Um, but Daryl, I don't know if you have a way of doing that or if it is listed on the agenda, my contact information or your, can share via email. Yeah, your contact uh, information is um, uh, going to be listed on our, on the uh, WCB website. Okay, uh, on the website. Okay. Yeah. Now, so uh, I'll have... Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so that's my direct cell number to contact me. It um, is to where, uh, mm -hmm. your email address. I'm sorry. Oh, it's the email address. Okay, so you can get in touch with me by email or my phone number is 202-538-0396. If there's a way to add that on the website, that may be helpful um, for an individual, you know, to be able to just contact me directly there. But yep. of course, available by email also. We can do um, that. Okay, I appreciate it. Um, and if we have time, if there's anyone who has any questions or anything to share, I'd be more than happy to answer. We've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, if there's anyone that have, has any questions for Shauna, just raise your hand. Any questions or, yes, Allison? I'm, well, I'm the host, and I was just going to let you know that uh, Melissa Hudson has her hand raised. Great. So go ahead, Melissa. You can unmute. Thank you, Allison. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Can Hi, Melissa. 
Hi, Sha- uh, Shauna, right? Yes. It is a You pleasure. said y'all. You must be somewhere in the south. I'm from, from the I'm south. originally from Mississippi, uh, where Allison's from, but I, I've lived here in Washington State for a long time. So Okay. I live in Louisiana, so I recognize oh, that right off the bat. Well, yes. my, my, my mom lives in Winsboro, so that's wonderful. Winsboro, wow. Louisiana. Small world. Um, yes, ma'am. Um, so my question is, my roommate, who's also sitting next to me here, just say hello, William. Hello. Um, Hi. So we both take melatonin to sleep at night, and I get it from a company called Puritan's Pride, and they're wonderful, and you get right. like 10 bottles for uh, a certain amount of money, and it's, it's, it's you know not too terribly expensive, but it's very reasonable. And I'm just curious, um, because I do not have light perception. I've been blind all my life, and I think I have non-24. In fact, I know I have it. Is melatonin mm-hmm. a bad thing to take um, for someone like like me who has non-24? I mean, is it bad? Yeah, so it's a great point to bring up. Are you getting relief? Like, do, is it helping with your sleep? Yes, a lot. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, so there's various treatments out there. So, you know, as a nurse, I can't give medical advice to say that, yes, you know, that's what you should be on. You know, that's for up to you and your healthcare provider, of course, because they'll know your full medical history, you know, with any condition that right. you have and other medications that you're on. You know, I've known individuals to say that they do or don't get relief from melatonin. You know, it, it depends on your body chemistry, right? And how right. Um, a medication reacts. But um, it's beautiful that you've found something that has worked for you. Um, well, I, I guess the store-bought stuff, but I mean, it didn't help me worth a dang. I mean, literally, I was—I mm-hmm. had—I had nightmares all through the night. Oh, uh, wow. wow! Terrible nightmares. So, wow. well, I'm happy that you found something that has worked for you because when we don't have a good quality sleep, you know, when it affects us chronically, I mean, it causes havoc in people's lives. Oh yeah, it did did me yeah. and. Sometimes it still does for me new too because I just got a new job and I'm I'm going through training and it's very intense. So okay. yeah. Thank you for your question, Melissa. Uh Shauna, thank we're you, all everybody. Out of time for this segment. Thank you. I want to thank you for um coming aboard and supporting um Washington Council of the Blind. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. I appreciate y'all having me. And um uh please get in touch with me if you have any questions, anything to share. Um information will be posted on the website. I look forward to hearing from many of you. All right. Thank you very much. Shauna, I just wanted to let you know your your number and your email are listed in the convention program as well as being beautiful. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Y'all take care. Our uh, next presenter is um, going to be a uh, pre recorded segment from the. Northwest Association of Blind Athletes. And if we have that uh, ready to go. Oh, hold on. I I didn't have that listed for me to play now. So um, would you, Michael is here. Would you go ahead and have Michael and then come back to me for the recording? Well, well, sure. Um, Would that be okay? Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Michael's here. Michael. Hey. Uh, let me get my information set up here. Okay, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Um. 
I guess we're going to jump ahead to your presentation then. Sounds good. You want me to just jump into it? Well, why don't you go right ahead, sir? All right. Now, I appreciate you guys inviting us to come and speak at your council. It's uh, definitely an honor. I am Michael with AT Guys, AT standing for Access Technology. I'm going to give you our contact information here at the beginning, and I understand convention is busy, so I did check, and the website and the phone number are in the convention program, and of course, I'll mention it at the end. But I also want to tell you to stick around because I've got something special for convention attendees and those out listening on ACB Media Land. So uh, if you want to contact us, you can reach out to atguys.com and or give us a call at 269-216-4798. AT Guys has been around since 2008 or so and i got started in march uh, it's weird to think about that i've been in customer service for about 10 years now and working with jj has probably been one of my most favorite experiences and it's allowed me an opportunity to help uh, individuals find creative and useful technology and tools to help you in your workplace, at school, and at home. Uh, we've got a wide variety of products, and I'll go over these products, give you a quick overview, and hopefully I'll talk fast enough to give people a chance to ask some questions. So we have headphones, primarily ones that sell are the Aftershock line of products that sit in front of your ears and you can hear your environment around you. It simply vibrates the bone in front of your ears and very useful, especially for uh, being able to consume content and again, engage with the environment around you. We also have what are called the um, uh, Tribbits, Tribbit, uh, I just lost my train of thought, thought there. So we also have the Tribit no Active Noise Canceling Headset that sits on your ears. They come in at about $79.95, and you can plug them in with a standard headphone jack, or you can also use them via Bluetooth. We've also got the MicroSpeak Talking Voice Recorder. That is a voice recorder that is vo uh, has audible voice output to help you with navigating the device itself and allows you the opportunity to record up to 96 hours of recording on the device itself. You can plug it into your computer and move those files from your computer if you so desire. We've also got the Orbit line of products, which includes the Orbit 40 and Orbit 20 Plus, as well as the Orbit Rider for text input. And another keyboard that is very popular is our pluggable, is the brand name, folding keyboard. Now, let's talk about two of our most, pro most prominent products that have been popular since we announced one of them at convention this year. That is the Versus Slate, which is a paperless slate and stylus. It comes in at 20 cells per line, and you have four lines of Braille that you can use. So that's a total of 80 cells. I envision it as the blind person's scratch pad because you can write with, a slate, with the slate and stylus like you normally would. Simply flip it over. The Braille shows up there, and you do with it what you need. Record it into a voice memo app or add it to your phone or your computer. Then there are buttons that you press to clear the slate, and you can use it again. Most importantly, in my opinion, because I'm always losing things, is the stylus will magnetize to the side of the slate. So ultimately, it's all in one, and you don't have to go looking for paper or anything. 
one of the most popular questions that I have is, Michael, what size of batteries does that take? Or how do you charge that? It is a fully mechanical device, which means it doesn't take batteries. It doesn't charge. However, that also comes with the caveat of if you put data on it and someone gives you a phone number, you have to do something with that data because it's not saved anywhere automatically. One thing we announced, uh, of, so that's the Versus Slate. Uh, price of that is $120. And we also offer the Versus Slate Mini for $60, which is two lines of 12 cells. So 24 cells total. Earlier this month, we brought a revival slash upgrade of a very popular product that individuals who are not comfortable with smartphones but want to be able to engage with their loved ones in an accessible manner seem to enjoy. And that's the Blind Shell 2. This is a candy bar style phone, which means there's no nothing to flip open or slide up or uh, deal with. It has a speaker grill at the very top of the phone. A non-touch screen below that, two rows of function buttons, and then the standard keypad, uh, dot number one through pound or hash sign. This device is fully voiced, and you use the simple up and down navigation buttons with a confirm or go back button to navigate the device. And there's a great demonstration of the blind shell phone uh, available at our website, and I'll mention that here again in a minute. Lastly, the uh, product that I wanted to mention too is the WayAround tags. WayAround is a labeling system you can use to label things around your home. And I believe if I am reading this convention correctly, uh, this convention agenda, you guys actually may have had someone from WayAround talking uh, about the system. So we are an authorized reseller of the WayAround system available for people with Androids or iPhones that are interested in labeling. Now, let me give you the contact information for our website again and our phone number. And I also want to go over a quick promotion that's available for attendees of the convention. Uh, if you make a decision on or before November 5th, that's next Friday. So at ATGuys.com, you can use the coupon, co coupon code WCB21 in order to get free shipping for any order $79 or more. Again, that's coupon code WCB21. It doesn't matter if it's capitalized or not. And if you have any problems, you can always send us an email at support at atguys.com or give us a call. Once again, 269-216-4798. And I am open to questions if anyone has any questions because that's pretty much what I have for you. Uh, thank you, Michael. And uh, also thank you for the... Uh Ad lib there, you're a pro. Uh, changing the schedule, no problem. <laughs> um, any questions out there? Any hands raised? I'm uh, not getting a signal uh, or a sign from anyone. So, Michael, if there's something else you'd like to add, you still have a few more minutes. Yeah, it looks like we have here about seven more minutes. So, if there's no questions, if any questions come up, feel free, host, to interrupt me, and I'll be glad to answer them. Got I'm no sorry. With Oh, go ahead. Oh, this is Allison. I, I didn't realize I was muted. I, I, <laughs> uh, we do have a raised hand right now. Ah, so. Thank you, okay. All right, Allison. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sarah, you may talk, unmute and talk. Uh, 
Sarah, I'm not hearing you. I hate this microphone sometimes. Can you hear me now? Yes, no, we, we can. can hear you. It's got a uh it's got a thumb it's got a, a virtual button on it. Ooh. Sorry. I have a question about non twenty four. Oh um my I I have non twenty four and my dad swears up and down he has it, but there's one difference. My dad can see. Is that possible? So Sarah, the uh representative from Vanda, she's um um, you know, she's not on the uh, program right now, but oh, okay. We have we have their we do have their contact information, and we can get that to you if you'd like to talk to her directly. Uh, yeah. Uh, if somebody could email that to me, that'd be great. We can do that for you. Sarah. I'm on the. Um, Lisa has my email. Okay. No, no Thank problem. Thank you. Any yeah, other questions out there? Okay, I don't see any more raised hands at the moment. Okay, I can talk for another three minutes or so. Um, I told you he's a pro. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I try to do. So if anyone ha does have any questions, feel free to interrupt. Uh, uh, Michael, I, this is Lisa. I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> um, and I can do it without anybody giving me the, the go ahead. <laughs> I, I love this power. Anyway, the reason I'm going to ask this question is because I'm not very technical. Mm -hmm. And actually, I bought something that my husband bought. And I thought, oh, I'm going to buy the same thing and I'm going to put it in our auction. And now I realize I don't know what it does. <laughs> but I bought it from AT, guys. It's a headset buddy. Ah, okay. So can you tell us what uh, what I bought was the headset buddy and I bought the um three and a half millimeter headphone to iPhone lightning adapter. So can right. you tell people what they can do with what they could buy in the auction? <laughs> yeah, I definitely will give a quick rundown. Great question there. Uh, so earlier today, Jeff and a couple other individuals were on a clubhouse panel and this product came to AT guys because of the desire for people to bring in higher quality audio into Clubhouse. So what the Headset Buddy is, is it's a line level cable that's about 12 inches long, and it allows you to send audio through an eighth inch to eighth inch patch cable from an audio interface or higher quality audio into your phone, and then send audio from your phone into a mixer or another device that allows you to listen to the audio from Clubhouse and your voiceover if you're a voiceover user and be able to not pass that audio through to the clubhouse stream so you can get higher quality audio into your mobile device most of the time it's used with clubhouse but i have had a few people tell me that they're using it with uh, other recording apps on the iphone as well perfect thank you now no anybody who wants that there is going to be one in the auction. It's going to be at 630. And it's mine. It. Yeah. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> Sounds Thank like you. a popular Thank device. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> And I want to thank you too, Michael, although I will say that you still have two and a half minutes if you'd like them. Uh, uh, I don't know. Does uh, Deb have the audio recording that she needs? No, I do not. Oh, oh. Well, do I need to talk for 17 more minutes? <laughs> no, the only no, thing I, I have is a 49, Daryl. The only one I have for them is a 49-second recording that is part of the one-minute spots we're doing tomorrow. Okay. 
Um, well, then I think that we will probably just move on to our um, our next vendor, and I will thank uh, Mr. Michael Babcock again. And um, thank you for supporting Washington Council of the Blind. No yeah. problem. Thanks again for All having right. us. So, um, Allison, I, um, we, do we have the, uh, and I'm going to use a uh, broadcast term here, do we have the uh, Northwest, uh, Northwest Association queued up, ready to go? That's the one I told you we don't have. Oh, we, oh I'm sorry, you just said that we don't no, have that? We don't have it. Oh, yeah. I don't so, have Deb, um, could, if we've got some time, could we run some of the one minute? Because um, we... Uh, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. Um, oh. I mean, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, yes, we could do that. I, I need to get them here. Um, and you guys were going to talk about something, I think. in Right. We, yeah, right? we do have another we, person. Carol, we could do our. Um, All right. It'll in take the, in me a second. Case, Allison, I'm yeah, happy okay, to in do that. that case, Allison, could you find the uh, one this minute? This is Deb looking for things. This is Deb. Oh, I'm not. sorry, Deb. I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's Can right. you look for the uh, Northwest Access Fund, their one-minute commercial, and we will run that off the top before we get started okay. with the conversation. Lisa, what do you think? I think that sounds great, Daryl. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I wasn't planning on these, so it's taking me just a second, but I am about to have it. Okay, you know what? We'll just wait here. Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to download. There it is. All right, here it is. If you need help affordably financing assistive technologies, consider contacting Northwest Access Fund. Northwest Access Fund is a nonprofit loan fund dedicated to serving Washingtonians with disabilities. We offer 5% interest rate loans up to 25000 with up to five-year terms to purchase assistive technologies, also known as AT. We can consider applications for any item, piece of equipment, software, program, or product system that can help a person with a disability live a more independent and satisfying life. WCB members in good standing for at least six months are eligible for AT loans at 0% interest rate. We also offer financial coaching services designed to meet the unique needs of people with disabilities. We can help with building credit, opening up an ABLE account, or a safe and affordable bank account. We can also help answer questions about Social Security benefits. To contact Northwest Access Fund, please call 206-328-5116 or go to our website at nwaccessfund.org. All right, thank you. Lisa, you're, I understand you have some experience with the Northwest Access Fund. Well, I have to say they are a, a great partner with WCB because we, um, WCB actually has um, some funds that we keep at Northwest Access Fund. They administer the loans for us. We actually, uh, as a benefit to our members, like Emerson said, so if you are a current WCB member and you have been a member in good standing for six months, you can get a zero interest loan. Now, the, the normal person who are not normal, but the, the, the usual person who would go to Northwest Access Fund could get a low cost loan. But WCB members who need to purchase that AT uh, assistive technology, we offer if, if you're qualified, meaning you've been a member for six months and you continue 
to stay a member in good standing throughout the life of your loan, um, that you get it for zero interest. So we've we've been partnering with them for many years. I know this has been as long as I can remember, uh, and I came in 2013. So that's a great benefit, um, and it's, it's great to have. So they are very, very... Um, receptive to anyone who needs financial coaching, uh, someone who needs help figuring out what kind of uh, things they can purchase and what's what's available to them. They're a nonprofit, just like WCB is a nonprofit, and they're just a great company. They have lots of very, very knowledgeable people who are very friendly. And I I went on their website, and they have lots of uh, graphics to to tell you about the services that they provide and one of the ones i thought was great was 100 percent of the people who got a loan would recommend a northwest access fund loan to others who need help paying for assistive technology so that's a, quite a high customer satisfaction rating <laughs> um 88 of those people said at improved their independence 94% use their AT daily or weekly. So I, it's, it's great to know that the people who are needing this, the equipment can get the loan and get it and use it. And 97% say the AT they purchase improved their quality of life. So I, that's some pretty great statistics. Yeah. I wish I had some that, that great, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So Thank you, they... So they, they actually serve, uh, obviously, in Washington, but also in Oregon. They, uh, this, I got this off their website. They serve all ages, all incomes, all disabilities, health conditions, and functional limitations. So that's pretty inclusive, and it's a great, a great place to go if you need it. Mm-hmm. So that's all I know about uh, Northwest Access Fund. Quickly, uh, does anyone have any questions about uh, about the Northwest Access Fund? Any hands raised? I'm not seeing any hands raised at the moment. Okay, so Deb, uh, yeah. um, I have the 15-minute segment uh, for blind athletes, uh-huh. and I am willing to play that. Okay. So we can get it under the wire here. All right. And then um, we are going to um, hopefully um, have one more segment after that. Now, um, let's see. I'm just going so to have to do. Is this a, is this a video? It, well, we're just doing the audio. Oh, it's well, audio. if you play it through the video, Zoom will not pick up the audio. So that's why I, um, I am wondering what format you're playing there. I'm playing uh, what they... Uh, um, what they uh, what they sent me? Um, yes, uh, it is video and okay. audio. Okay, so Can you I will have to share? you'll have to share your screen and you'll have to also share the audio in order to play that because otherwise Zoom will not pick up your audio from your video. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, okay. Well, that is exactly what I was going to okay, do. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> and there it is, and um, I'm going to uh, play it now. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Tara, and I am blind and visually impaired. 
before I start talking about the different programs and events that we provide, I want to make sure that everybody knows that our events are at no cost to our athletes. So I wanna put that out here in the beginning. Our events do not cost any money for our athletes. So um, moving forward, if uh, our policy at NWABA is if you have a body, you are an athlete. So a lot of the times the word athlete can deter people from joining us in our programs. We want everyone to know that we meet people where they are at. Our programs are non-competitive and we get one-on-one -on -one attention with each athlete so that each athlete can have the support they need to accomplish their goals, whatever they may be for that day. So um, moving forward, let's talk about our six core programs. I will brush over our five of our programs and then get really in depth with our sports outreach program because that is our most popular program. So our first core program is Camp Spark. We provide youth overnight and day sessions. Uh, and we are hoping to expand to more sessions of camp over the years. We currently have a week-long summer session in Oregon, a week-long session summer session in Washington. We have a weekend overnight session in Oregon and again in Washington. We have a five-a-side soccer specialized camp for youth. We have a camp for transition age, so transitioning out of high school, so ages 18 to 21. And then we also have a, a session that is overnight for students who have multiple disabilities and um, might ordinarily not be comfortable at a, our full week-long overnight sessions. Um, this session provides them the support that they need to have fun and be successful. Uh, on to our increasing visibility program. Uh, our increasing visibility program entails our team members uh, attending conferences or meetings, um, and then also participating in informational days, such as White Cane Day, to spread the awareness of the organization and the abilities of our athletes. Our next program is our scholarships program. If athletes want to compete at a higher level or um, more often, they can apply for our uh, scholarship program on our website. Our board of directors reviews the applications and selects athletes or an athlete um, to receive scholarship funds. Um, our scholarships are typically for people that are not um, served uh, regularly in our areas. Um, so they live a little bit on the outskirts um, some examples of scholarships that we've given out is for karate lessons or a pair of sneakers or something along those lines. Um, admission into a race. That's for another example. Another program that we have is called Sports Teams. So uh, NWABA helps financially support some dragon boatings in the Portland and Vancouver area and a handful of goalball teams as well. Our next program that I'll talk about is our sports adaptations program. This is a three-pronged approach, so there's three different pieces to this program. The first piece is our virtual video library for our athletes, educators, and parents to learn how to teach and complete skills. Um, so these videos are primarily geared towards um, 
skills you would learn in the physical education setting in schools. And we also, um, separate from the virtual library, we do have a large um, video, uh, a large amount of videos on our YouTube channel that are audio described um, exercise videos that I'll get into a little bit later. The second prong of the sports adaptations program is our lending library. So we have over 500 pieces of equipment and the lending library works just as a book library would. You can uh, request equipment for up to two months. And after you are done with the equipment, you can send it back to us free matter, so no cost. Uh, and basically you can use these pieces of equipment in a PE class to be more included. You can use these pieces of equipment to participate in a community event, or you can even just use them to maybe play soccer in the backyard with family. So there's no limit into how you can use these pieces of equipment. And the third prong to the sports adaptations program is our physical education consultations. So our team members are trained in physical education. We have certified physical education teachers on staff. And so what we do is we uh, talk with physical education teachers and let them know how to include their students into PE successfully. Now we will get into our sports outreach program. So this is the bulk of what this uh, session will be about is our sports outreach program. So what that means is that's our programming that we're doing on the weekends, regularly, weekly in the communities. So the types of events that we do are tandem biking, hiking, paddle sports, which includes kayaking, includes stand-up paddle boarding. We have swimming indoors in the winter. We do goalball. We are doing snowshoeing. We have some skiing and snowboarding. Uh, we've done ice hockey in the past. So just an example of some of the sports and physical activities that we do. Um, so now that you know the sports and things that we do, let's uh, discuss what a typical program would be like. So we keep our, uh, our schedule for events and our experience at our events the same and similar so that uh, we can essentially provide consistency. So when you come to an event, you'll know what to expect. So when you arrive in an event, we'll have an opening circle and a quick introduction of everybody who is attending so that everybody knows who is there that day. After we do our introduction circle, then we'll pair up athletes and volunteers. So usually it's a one-to-one -one ratio, one athlete and one volunteer paired together. So that is the, at the point where the athlete can talk to the volunteer and let them know, hey, it's, uh, for example, if we're at a hiking event, this would be the opportunity for the athlete to talk with their volunteer and say, it's better for me if you walk on my left or my right, or um, maybe walking a few steps ahead of you, or I would like you to use a bell and tie it to your shoes so I can hear the bells and follow the sound of the bell. So this is a great opportunity for athletes and volunteers to um, set themselves up for success for the event and just get on a general, get on the same understanding level as each other. So after that discussion has been had, we will 
commence the activity. So whether that's a hike, you'll go off hiking, tandem biking, you'll go off biking, um, kayaking, you'll go off kayaking. And then uh, we have a set time that we'll all come back together. We'll get into another circle, just like we did for our introduction circle, but this time it'll be a closing circle. We'll hand out some snacks because we hope that you worked up an appetite and everyone will have the chance to just close out and um, share something about the event or just say a quick goodbye to everyone. And then uh, from there, we depart and the program ends. So that is for our in-person programming, but we also do virtual programming weekly as well. So I'll talk a little bit about our virtual programming. Our virtual programs are held over Zoom. Um, they, you can join from anywhere that you would like. The only amount of space you need is about as wide as a yoga mat and there's no equipment required. Our uh, videos on Zoom, we do have our instructors wearing all black and we do our exercises against a white sheet, so high contrast video. But not only are they high contrast, they are audio described. So that instructor is giving um, verbal descriptions of what they're doing when they're doing it. Um, and if athletes choose, they can have their video on and we can provide feedback that way. But if people aren't comfortable with that, athletes are encouraged to ask questions if they need clarification or if an exercise is new to them. And we have such a wonderful community of athletes that join us regularly. So they kind of have all gotten to know each other and it's a comfortable and welcoming environment. The virtual workouts that we provide our Tuesdays, we do a circuit workout. All of these programs are at noon Pacific time. So you don't have to be in the Pacific time zone to join, but that's when they are. So Tuesdays are a circuit workout. Wednesdays are Zumba or more of like a jazzercise. It's um, exercises along with music. It's really uplifting and um, one of my personal favorites. Uh, and Thursdays, we do yoga. So all again at noon. Uh, and through Zoom. For connecting on Zoom, we know that some people have difficulties. So one way that we have um, helped kind of pass that is if we, um, if somebody has a touchscreen phone, a smartphone, um, we can send a text message with a one-tap link. So you just tap the screen on your phone and it connects you automatically through a phone call to the Zoom workout. Um, so uh, one way, if people are a little bit hesitant to join in on virtual programming right away, we do have our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel title is NW Association for Blind Athletes. And on our YouTube channel, we have audio described workouts, high contrast videos. Um, so people can test out different types of workouts. We have a whole bunch of things on there. We even have 30 day challenges. 14 days to fit, and we are going to have more challenges being posted in the next few months as well. So be sure to um, be checking our YouTube channel for that. Uh, next up, I just want to talk about how you get registered as an athlete and then getting involved in our programming. 
So our athlete registration form is required to participate in our events. There are three ways that you can do that. You can go online and register as an athlete on our form on our website. You can schedule a time with one of the team members to complete the registration over the phone, or you can get a fillable PDF document emailed to you for you to fill out and then send in. The form does go into detail about health history, which is important in the event that you come to a program so that we can provide the safest experience possible. Um, the next step after you do the registration, you do a short orientation. It's only about 30 minutes long and it's recorded on YouTube. So you just listen to it, complete it on your own time. And once you're done with that, you're ready to go. So upcoming events, we have in-person in the Puget Sound area. So that's in the Seattle-Tacoma area. We have Saturday, November 20th, a hike at the in Seattle at the Washington Park Arboretum. Sunday, November 21st, we have an event in University Place, Washington, just south of Tacoma, and that is an accessible hike at Chambers Creek Park. Sunday, December 5th, we have youth goalball in Broomball, so that's specifically for our youth athletes in the area. And then in December and January, we will be swimming in that area. For the athletes living in the Portland and Vancouver area, we have hiking on November 6th in Portland. Again, uh, hiking an accessible hike in um, Vancouver, Washington on November 6th, that same day. And then December 4th and 5th, we will be snowshoeing at Mount Hood, and there will be transportation provided from uh, a designated pickup location in Vancouver and in Portland for those events. To sign up for programs, you can call or text 360-448-7254. Again, that's 360-448-7254. And uh, you can email programsteam at nwaba.org. Again, that's programsteam at nwaba.org. Thank you for listening, and we hope to have you join us again soon. All right, that was um, Tara, oh my goodness, Rogowski um, from the Northwest Association for Blind Athletes. I wish she were here. I had only had about a dozen questions I wanted to ask her about her program. Um, but, um, oh, by the way, can everyone hear me? Yes, Daryl. Okay, so um, listen, is, uh, is Ms. Wenzel here? Yes, she is. All right, Jennifer, I'd like to... Um, have Jennifer come on for uh, the next five minutes or so, um, since we since we have some time. And um, Jennifer, can you hear us, Jennifer? Yes. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. The floor is yours, oh. Jennifer. Hold on. Introduce yourself. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, hi. I'm. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to talk for a moment. And um, my name is Jennifer Wenzel. I am the Talent Acquisitions Coordinator for a company called Beyond Vision. And I won't take a lot of your time because we are not local to Washington, but I wanted to talk a little bit about our company because we do have opportunities and we do help with relocation. So I know that you have a beautiful area there in Washington and, and maybe you don't want to leave, but if you know someone else who may want to leave or you are looking at a change, 
I would encourage you to come to beautiful Wisconsin. Um, our headquarters is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We also have a great opportunity at our base supply center store in Illinois um, at Scott Air Force Base. So beyond vision, we are a company, um, we're what they call a social enterprise. So we're a nonprofit with a mission and our mission is to hire um, blind people, blind and visually impaired people for real jobs, for competitive wages, um, to do a variety of jobs. And to, we have a lot of um, professional development training in our company and a lot of room for promotion. So we right now have a great opportunity, like I said, at our uh, base supply center store for a customer care specialist. And that is in Illinois. And um, it is at Scott Air Force Base. That particular store deals a lot with troops who are being deployed. So this person would be working with customers in person to help them get outfitted for their deployment. Also working via phone and email with customers, all federal customers selling a wide variety of products. It's a busy store. It's a great store. There's a great manager. Um, and we have a really wonderful, wonderfully accessible system called NetSuite. That means that that is how our e-commerce is done. That's how people are checked out. It's completely accessible regardless of your level of visual acuity. And we've been working really hard to make the entire store accessible regardless of visual acuity. Um, and so it's really expanded our job opportunities at our base supply center stores. Um, in Milwaukee, we have opportunities right now for general manufacturing and also for a production lead. And um, those are all the opportunities at the moment. We do have a customer call center and we're hoping to extend some of our remote opportunities. So that may be something in the future um, and possibly physical opportunities. We're hoping to really expand our call center as time goes on. We will be moving next year to a new building and that building will allow us a lot of growth. Um, and we're really excited about that. So if anyone is interested in any of these opportunities or talking more about Beyond Vision or what we do, please contact me. Um, I would love a resume or just an email at, it's pretty simple. It's a jobs, J-O-B-S at beyondvision.com. Or you can call me um, at 414-335- 3762. And that number again is 414-335-3762. And the email is jobs at beyondvision.com. Thank you so much and have a great night. Jennifer, uh, yes. your uh, phone number and website will be, uh, will be on the uh, WCB website. Uh, before you go, does anyone have any questions for Jennifer? Beyond Vision, any hands raised? This is Allison. I don't see any hands raised at the moment. Thank you, Allison. Jennifer, thank you for joining us, and um, you have a good evening, all right? Thank, thank you. you so much. Have a good night. Have a great convention. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be turning the operations over for the huge auction tonight, and um, that concludes this portion of the program. Daryl, I wanted to say thank you to you. You are a, an exceptional exhibits coordinator this year. I know it was your first year. But, oh, well, it's a hard job. Gonna, it's a hard I was just going to say, I'm, I'm the only one you have, so uh, <laughs> so that makes me the best. Uh, oh, no. I, I've had to work with other people, too, but you, you <laughs> followed through and followed up and made sure that we got everything worked through. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate that, and I know Kathy does, too. Oh, no so, problem. No problem, guys. 